You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for joining us. The shutdown is over in Washington, at least for three weeks, while President Donald Trump and Congress continue to hash out their dispute over the budget and the border wall. If they don't come to an agreement, though, we could be right back where we were, with millions of Americans being inconvenienced or suffering because the government is shut down. That's where we want to continue the conversation next here on Detroit Today, talking about what's next in Washington. Will we reach a deal that keeps the government open or will we go back to the unbelievable uh, consequences that we saw unfold over the last month as the government was shut down and people were either out of work or working without pay? We want to talk with both sides of the aisle this part of uh, the show. And we're going to start with Rashida Tlaib, who is a Democrat from Detroit, one of the new members who was just elected to serve in Congress. Rashida, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Yes. Uh, So I, I want to start with what you think of the deal that was made to get the government back open and what you think might happen over the next three weeks that could keep the government going. Well, we, this is only for three weeks. You should know before that. And we had sent over, I think, 10 different bills uh, to open up government, parts of the government, uh, even a shorter period of time, two, up two weeks, separating the DHS uh, department away from every other department, any kind of proposal, diverse kind of proposals uh, to uh, Senator McConnell um, and, and the senators and asking them to at least look look at any version of us just getting the government back up and running and functional for the American people. Uh, And right now, you know, they agreed on the three weeks. Um, The instability of really knowing what's going to happen is really stemmed from, you know, we've been clear we have 10 different proposals, 10 different ways of kind of how do we uh, move forward with negotiating some of the issues that they keep bringing up on the other side of the aisle, but mostly McConnell and uh, uh, President Trump. But I got to tell you, you know, even for me coming in is pretty remarkable with, you know, dealing first issue dealing with is the shutdown of government. Mm. And I think for me being just so new uh, coming in, you know, you think it's only about workers. Some, some people are so, you know, we're focused on obviously the 800,000 workers, but also know that there's uh, contractors, everything. I was learning so much about how our government functions, mm-hmm. but it's also what the workers were doing for us. You know, like I can't even call you know, a resident calling in about her, uh, Social Security, like, you know, hearing, and it took her three months to get it, the three-month waiting list, and now she's going to probably have to wait six months. So it, as, as a lot of my workers also are calling to get deferment on their VA loans and other loans, uh, there's nobody on the other side. Someone told me they were trying to pay a loan, a federal loan, and uh, couldn't go online. It wasn't accepting their payment. I mean, there's so many things that are interconnected to having a functional government. I think in three weeks, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, knowing just the experience I've had just being there uh, this past month, there is an instability. There doesn't seem to be any kind of understanding or, you know, being centered around, we got to get government up and running. Let's let's not allow us to hold that hostage, you know, hold American voters, I mean, the, the, the residents as well as workers hostage while we have disagreements on policy. Uh, it's just unfair. Yeah. I can't imagine being them. I mean, I think about, you know, I just think about being late, like the late fee, you know, is 25 hours or more and the 35, how that impacts your credit. And many of them 
can't even get these jobs if they have bad credit. You know, some of them work in different levels of government where if your your credit is even have a bad mark on it, uh, you know, you're not qualified. It's just so many things that are connected, and I think it was really unfair for us to have to experience it, especially the, the, the federal workers and, and, and many of my residents that rely so heavily on these services. Yeah. I, I want you to talk a little about the things that you heard from people in your district while the, sh- the government was shut down, people who work for the government or people who have to rely on government for services. What, what were they telling you about the consequences? Yeah, well, one of my um, uh, residents, the IRS worker, um, you know, and she said, look, Rashida, I have a VA loan and my student loans are federal loans. And uh, I wanted to defer anything just to just to hold on because it was right after, you know, and that's the thing as moms, you know, we, we know what this means. It's right after the holidays. No, I just want to know this. So this mom, you know, IRS worker uh, heavily relied on obviously, uh, you know, getting that paycheck. I mean, she missed probably two paychecks by now. And, you know, the, the holidays right after the holidays and she was relying on, you know, she's going to file her tax refund. Uh, you know, tax, tax uh, return and get that refund and pay off any kind of debt that she might have had from the holidays. But also she goes, you know, she, I tried to call the VA office to get a deferment, anything, nothing. And that's why you saw, you know, just a, a ton of bills from some of my colleagues. One, wanting to treat federal workers like civil service workers where they can't be foreclosed on, they can't get late fees, they can't get even utilities shut off during that time. And so there was a, a, a diverse array of array of like proposals thinking how can we protect our workers and the services they have to offer every single day to our residents uh, if something like this happens. And I want folks to know, you know, yeah, this time it's President Trump, but I really worry in the future, whatever, whoever the future, you know, entails, that this will happen again. And they don't have the right to, many of them don't have the right to strike. Hmm. And I just think how incredibly unfair that is uh, for people that are just trying to provide for their families. But you know, for no fault, no fault of their own, um, they, you know, are stuck in the middle of policy disagreements, which I don't think are going to go away, especially when it comes to immigration crisis in our country. Yeah. Uh, let's talk now about the stalemate in Washington. President Trump injected this border wall into the budget negotiation uh, only after the November elections, which I think is is inherently suspect. Uh, this wasn't something he was pushing that hard before then, even though it's an idea that he uh, that he had since the, the the campaign. But it really has become just the, the the sticking point. I mean, he's unwilling to back away from it. Democrats uh, are digging in and saying they are unwilling to give a single dollar for it what is the what's the play in the joints here what is the the opportunity to get to a space where there's an agreement where everyone can save at least enough political face to say all right i'll go along with this to keep the government open you know i think the the fact that we're trying to fix our immigra- broken immigration system and it's been like this for 20 something years where it's so deteriorated at the point where there is no line there. You know, when you think of walls, are we talking really about border security? So there's all these nuances of how, um, you know, I talked to Veronica Escobar who represents El Paso border. And she's like, Rashida, it's not, it's been the most secure that it's ever been. Uh, in this sense that there's supposed to be some sort of wall that's supposed to somehow fix this broken immigration system, the flood of people that are coming to our, our, our borders that somehow that is supposed to, 
you know, magically the wall is supposed to keep everybody out. Or, and and then that's not the, that's not true. We all know the facts don't, don't match up with that. But the, the audacity of the fact that you, you know, the Republicans had both the House and the Senate and obviously the, the White House. And for us to now have this border crisis when the Democrats come into the majority, uh, is absurd, and it's obviously political games that they want to play. Uh, but the, in the long term, I hope that this pushes both Republicans and Democrats all sides of the aisle, that the immigration problem, the fact that we need comprehensive immigration reform, is at the forefront of this discussion. And stop talking about a wall, because it's not going to work, and it's not really about a wall. It's about immigrants and about our neighbors and making our country match up to the values that we all, you know, very much want to be centered around this issue. I am really taken aback sometimes about this discussion about a structure, you know, the wall. And when you really dig in, I talk to folks on the other side of the aisle about this. It really comes down to we got to fix our immigration system. And we've gotten so far away from that. You know, 10 years ago when I was an organizer, we were talking about, you know, how do we fix uh, the issue around family unification. We, we understood that was broken. Uh, we understood sometimes it took 20 years to reunite families. Or looking at even the worker visa process and how that is also deteriorated and not matched up with the needs of our agricultural community and everything, but also in a very way that's very humane and respectful. Right, Stephen? And so we're taking really, it's been, it's been, phenomenal to just like from the back and you know being an organizer talking about these issues and then now a member of congress that we're talking about a structure rather than a system that's broken and you know i hope and i know with the new class we're talking about that system we're talking about how do we get you know to talking about our immigration system not as like oh criminals and separation and walls and deportation and caging children but to you know match up to family to, you know, humanity, to looking at fear of persecution. How do we treat those that are, are, are fleeing and how do we become a safe haven to so many of our neighbors that need that? And I think when we start moving, you know, the needle towards that kind of conversation, that's when we're going to really have a much, much more thoughtful and constructive conversation about fixing our immigration system in our country. I'm talking with Rashida Tlaib, a Democrat from here in Michigan. She represents Michigan's 13th congressional district in Congress. We're talking about the fact that the federal government is back open, at least temporarily, for three weeks while Congress and the president try to come to terms over their dispute over money and the border wall. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what you think about this temporary fix that at least gets the government back going, people back to work for a while. What would you like to see Congress and the president come to terms over, though, in order to keep the pres- the, the government open permanently? Would you like to see Democrats uh, give a little on this border wall and say, yeah, we'll pay a little money for that in order to, to, to get things moving? Or would you like the president to take the wall off the table uh, and indulge a broader, more intelligent, I suppose, uh, conversation about immigration and immigration policy, the changes that are needed in our country to deal with the number of people who want to come here and making sure that they can come here legally. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. 
uh, and we will try to work you into the conversation. In a little bit, we are going to hear from Fred Upton, who is a Republican member of our Washington delegation. He represents the 6th Congressional District in southwest Michigan. We'll hear his take on what Republicans are up to here and whether they can pressure the president, who is a member of their party, uh, to do a little better, to come a little further across the aisle to make uh, all of this work. Uh, Rashida, before we get to the phones, uh, I, I, I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about your time in in Washington. There, very very little time so far, but boy, you really have gotten a lot of attention. Uh, and I think there are people all over the country who are hearing about you for the first time, learning about you. Uh, g- g- give us an idea of what that's been like uh, and and talk about how you establish yourself uh, as somebody to be reckoned with uh, in the new Congress. Well, I, you all know, I've always, you know, people in Detroit, especially in Wayne County and even in Lansing, are very familiar with my, you know, <laughs> kind of holding the line of yes. what's right and what's wrong and being very proudly loud about it. Um I think, you know, some people are taken aback by a brown girl, Muslim girl, you know, many only see that on Palestinian and so many other things. But I think, you know, here at home, people know that I've taken on big fights, even when it was unpopular, too. And uh, now it's like on a national level, right? I mean, I think a lot of people don't understand uh, the sense of urgency that I have to impeach this president. Uh, I haven't wavered on that. I ran on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I truly believe it's a slippery slope. You know, I'm an attorney. And, and then looking at just as the precedent what we set of allowing a president uh, that is a sitting CEO in many ways. He hasn't divested in any of his uh, corporations, domestic or foreign. And that is very dangerous because is he making you know decisions best um, in the best interest of our American people and, and our country? Or uh, does he know this is a, a part-time gig and he's got to protect his you know, um, business interests and he's making decisions uh, that are important to that, to the bottom line? And I think, you know, this is the first time we've had a president in, in many ways. And I, I'm, you know, researching and looking, have we ever done this, allowed a president to not completely divest in any of his interests in many ways? It's never happened, yeah. No, never. And, you know, and I think, you know, this is beyond uh, the Mueller investigation. This is beyond all of this. I think very much it's starting to connect. Uh, you know, people think this is only about Russia, but this is so much more about how we want, you know, you know, we don't want a crooked CEO, you know, running his businesses from the White House. <laughs> while many of us are still waiting for, you know, some answer around immigration, some answer around uh, health care in our country is broken. And I mean, so many things that we need at the forefront. And it's very dangerous for us to allow this to continue. So I'm very passionate. And sometimes my passion gets the best of me. <laughs> but I'm never going to waver or never, you'll never guess what I'm thinking. Or you never have to worry about me being I guess sitting on this gray line that I used to see elected officials do all the time. Uh, I'm going to tell you how I feel, and many of that is exactly how my residents feel. You know, many people felt like it's very liberating to hear me say the words that I said. Uh, they felt very much as a woman, a person, a woman of color, to be able to be out there so passionately about just how wrong it is. And I really don't think we need to be silent anymore. I think this is the time to speak up and say enough is enough. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You've got a lot of folks who want to talk with uh, Congresswoman Tlaib. Uh, let's start with Tony in Detroit. Tony, welcome to Detroit today. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Tony. Go ahead, Tony. Okay, yeah. So 
Um, I, I respect uh, Rashida Tlaib's uh, like point of view. Um, I understand the liberal Democrats; they they'll always be that way. Uh, however, I believe as a Trump supporter, I'm actually let down that he had two years of control of the House and Senate to get this wall up, and he had two years in the House and Senate to ban abortion. So we're kind of upset that he hasn't done as much as he said. Uh, Tony, I, I think that's uh, a, a perfectly reasonable uh, read from you know the the the, the view of the tr- the the president's supporters of of what he's done. Does that disappointment that you're expressing transfer to Congress? I mean, he's got to get these things through the Congress, and that's what he's been in, unable to do. Yeah, that's that's true. However, his chance of doing that now is, is a lot less uh, than he than he would have had. Uh, well, that's right. Attacked us earlier on. Um, like I said, I respect. I'm not a Republican. I'm independent, and you know, and I am nationalist, which uh, it's not a bad word. Okay, uh, so I believe in America first. I, I do not, uh, not to sound cold-hearted, but I really don't care what's going on hmm. in, in, in in Europe. Or like uh, you know, like Ireland, yeah. all of them. You know, boy, Tony, I I totally respect what you're saying. I got to tell you that the history, though, uh, tells you how dangerous that position is. And America First is a phrase that has its own history that is deeply rooted in xenophobia and racism. I, you you really ought to go to Google and take a look at that. I think before you admit to uh, supporting. Uh, that kind of phrasing. Uh, Rashida, I'll give you a chance to respond as well. No, just Tony, just know, you know, this president, and, and I have, you know, worked so well with Republican colleagues on the other side of the aisle. They have the same views around the issue of choice uh, for women and all those things that you mentioned. But I got to tell you, you know, uh, you, you have a president that is running businesses out of the White House. So he's not focused on your issues. Uh, it's very much something that I need you know, many of his supporters, but also people around the country to really realize just how dangerous it is to allow him to not completely divest in his companies. And even during the shutdown, Stephen and Tony, he had still had park rangers at his, you know, uh, Trump Hotel in D.C. There's a historic post office there for tourism. But I still could we couldn't get our national parks up and running in staff. I mean, there is something very dangerous that, you know, our government has some sort of lease or contract with the Trump organization and, and we couldn't get our, our national parks open. I mean, I think, uh, you know, he's more focused on that and, and he's, um, you know, obviously uh, conflicted. Mm-hmm. And I really think that, you know, you, you need to find someone else <laughs> to support with your values and you, that you want to support that's not going to not put us first, mm-hmm. the American people first, no matter if we disagree on the issues. Yeah. Okay, Rashida Tlaib, new congresswoman from Michigan's 13th congressional district. Always great to catch up with you here on Detroit Today. Thank you so much. We'll talk with you soon. Up next, we're going to talk with Republican Fred Upton about the shutdown and trying to find a bipartisan solution to these national security border issues that we are talking about. Stay with us on Detroit Today and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the end of the federal government shutdown, the temporary end, and whether that can become permanent, whether we can see a deal emerge between Congress and the president that keeps the government open longer than the three weeks that it is planned to be open at this point. Uh, Joining us now to talk more about that from a Republican perspective is Fred Upton. He's a Republican from St. Joe's on the southwest side of the state, uh, Michigan's 6th Congressional District. Uh, Fred, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, always a pleasure to be with you. Good morning. Yes, great to hear your voice. Uh, Let's start with uh, the deal to end the shutdown. Uh, How do you think the president has handled this situation? Well, Let's face it. No one, no one won in this thing. Uh, I've been through a bunch of them on, over the years, and uh, you always really regret getting into it. And uh, particularly those of us that have been in, through it before, uh, they got to end. No one wins, and thank goodness it's over. And now we need to take these next three weeks, knowing that we have divided government, and hammer out something that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm actually one of those that's encouraged to think that we can get it done. And if if you let the will of the House and Senate work, we saw a vote uh, last week in the Senate where a majority of senators, but they didn't get the 60 votes, but a majority of them actually came to a conclusion. We need to build on that uh, in the House as well and get a bill uh, to the president that he can sign and we can move on and really close the books on fiscal year 19, which began on October 1st. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about the wall, which is the sticking point between the president and not just the Democrats, but but Congress more generally. As a Republican, is, is that where the conversation should be. What do you think about the idea of this wall that the president wants? Well, that'll be part of it. I, I, I like to refer to it as border security, and we can do a number of different things, drones, uh, sensors, uh, that type of thing. No one is talking about a, a wall that's uh, 2,000 miles long. That just simply isn't going to happen. But if you look at the last number of years, uh, either under Republican or Democratic presidents and, and Congresses too, there has been money for walls for certain areas within that 2,000-mile border. And I'm one that believes that we can come to an agreement that would include some wall money, uh, but also more border security money. And if we can tie it to immigration reform, a a system that's clearly broken, uh, lots of different stories, whether it be for our dreamers or DACA kids, uh, whether it's uh, our employers, a whole number of different things, uh, we we need to resolve that too. And I was I'm part of a group, as you may know, called Problem Solvers. Mm-hmm. It's a bipartisan caucus, equally divided between Republicans and Democrats. A number of Michigan members of Congress uh, are part of that. And we've had a lot of meetings over the last couple of weeks, uh, but over the last year or two as well, on issues that actually can unite us. One of them is immigration. And I'm hoping that we can get some elements of some type of immigration reform as part of a package that the president can sign uh, literally within the next three weeks to to then close the books on fiscal year 19 and begin to move into fiscal year 20. Uh, let's take a call here really quick. Alex in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hello. Thank you. Go ahead, Alex. Um, I wanted to make a comment about the wall. Um, as an immigrant, as someone who has been born and raised on the wrong side of a border wall, I would say that this sort of lazy um, attitude towards racism and, frankly, keeping others away from our country is 
especially a nation supposed to be built on the backs of immigrants. Um, I honestly do not believe that Democrats should compromise on this point at all. It is a matter of principle, and frankly, it is a stupid idea. So, so the Alex, wall didn't work. The China, the Great Wall of China didn't work. Adrian's Wall in the UK didn't work. Walls don't work. So, so Alex, can you tell us where you're from that this wall existed? Oh, of course. I was born and raised in Romania in Eastern Europe, a country that at one point bordered Russia and was very familiar with their tricks and. Uh, shall we say, political operations. And I would say that the uh, um, attitude that Republicans have about uh, the presidency and this wall is, uh, frankly, uh, offensive Hmm. and racist. As far as I'm concerned, people fought and died in the streets of my childhood home to tear that wall down. Yes. And uh, these people are planning to build one in the 21st century. No, thank you. I I, I really appreciate the call and the thoughts, Alex. Uh, Fred, I I would really love to hear you react to what Alex is saying, somebody who who has lived in a country where walls were uh, a thing to try to, you know, keep people out or keep people from coming in. Um, what, what? How does that land on your ears? Well, I just, you know, uh, again, it goes to the underlying point that our immigration system is broken. Uh, we do want immigrants. Uh, we have, uh, you know, a lot of Tremendous positive stories. We all know folks. We all, many of us, um, you know, my my family, my wife's family came from Ireland in the in the 1840s, uh, and they were the Irish Catholics, as we know, were heavily discriminated against uh, back then, and and uh, came through some tough times uh, here. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need to reform our immigration system to have a system that can work and. We can tie this together, and i got to say that it's not just Republicans that support a wall. President Obama signed legislation into law. President Bush signed legislation into law. Uh, again, Those looked very different, though, than what we're talking about, <laughs> well, right? Well, it's still a wall, whether it's, you know, and, but at the end, you know, this is just a small piece of immigration reform and a small, relatively small piece uh, in, t- in terms of the budget dilemma that we're dealing with. So... Yeah, at the end of the day, I think you ought to let the Congress uh, have votes on these things uh, rather than being you know, stifled uh, with that and see where, see where things go. But uh, all sides uh, support enhanced border security uh, that's more than just a wall uh, to try to make sure that our, our country is safe. We're all concerned about drugs coming in and uh, some of those different things. and. Uh, we need to work together on this. Uh, I've got about uh, 40 seconds left. I-, I want you to just predict for us, though, will we get uh, a deal before the government shuts down again? Well, I'm an optimist by nature. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I happen to believe that we can get uh, a deal uh, to make it happen, uh, one that both the White House as well as the Congress, Republicans and Democrats, get support. I know all of the members uh, on this conference committee and it can happen, and but they got to go to work, and we'll we'll see what light at the end of the tunnel uh, shows uh, with each uh, passing week, knowing that we got three to go. Okay, Fred Upton, Republican from St. Joseph, uh, representative of Michigan's sixth congressional district. Always great to talk with you here on Detroit today. You bet. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 101.9 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.